Welcome to the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. We are a collective whose mission is to bring hope and dignity through dance. We believe art shapes culture and want to steward our gifts with wisdom and excellence to point people to Jesus. From hosting festivals and live performances to producing multimedia content to serving internationally, we seek to foster community among dance artists. We'd love to meet you and connect on our social media platforms at Bluebird Uncaged. But until then, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to episode four of the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. I hope your week was fantastic, that you found some time to dance and spend time with Jesus just to listen to him. Um, You guys, today I am talking to Abigail Henninger, and she is the founder and director of Magnum Opus Ballet based in Madison, Wisconsin. And Abigail is a friend of mine. Um, She is an amazing woman. She is very clear that calling that God has placed on her life, and I think you will be so encouraged by what she has to share today. You've probably seen us mention Magnum Opus on our social media, and until the end of the month, through May 31st, any merch that you purchase that is a shirt or sweatpants or a sweatshirt, proceeds from that are going to go to Magnum Opus and they are just a great part of our uncaged community and I love collaborating and supporting each other through the um, the resources that we have and so guys go ahead and get some super cute merch I am wearing the joggers today and I love them but in the meantime be encouraged by this conversation Abigail, how are you doing today? Hey, Rebecca. I am doing all right. How are you? Great. Great. Thanks so much for being on the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. Totally. Yeah, no problem. Um, so Abigail is based in Madison, Wisconsin, and she is the director of Magnum Opus Ballet. And um, we got to meet at the New England Inspirational Dance Collective about uh, it was like three years ago right yeah I think so yeah yeah so actually that's the only time we've seen each other in person but we've just kept up um just over the phone and facetiming and all of that since then <laughs> yeah it's hard to believe I can't believe it actually only was one time in person but yeah right. <laughs> it feels like we know each other a little better than that yeah <laughs> but we'll have to make that um more than one per- one time in person yes. <laughs> All right, so we're just going to hear a little bit of Abigail's story today, and um, hopefully you guys will be encouraged. Uh, She inspires me so much. She's a beautiful dancer, and her company is um, just creates some beautiful redemptive art as well. So thank you, Abigail, for just following what God has called you to do, and just wanted to say you're inspiring to me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, right back at you. <laughs> so we're going to start out with a fun question. What is the craziest costume you have ever worn? Oh, boy. I have worn some crazy stuff. Um, 
stuff that kind of comes to mind is that I've worn a lot of wigs. <laughs> and not just, like, regular, like, cute, you know, hey, I'm, a, you know, brunette, a blonde. No, I'm talking, like, crazy wigs. One time I had a giant white afro um with like a white fuzzy outfit and white high boots that was an interesting look um I also which was kind of fun because I really love characters yeah um I was uh an elderly lady before so you know I had this cute little gray bob and in that costume, I had to, like, black out some of my teeth and <laughs> had to, like, really learn how to do um, elderly makeup. And that was, it was crazy, but it was fun. <laughs> that does sound like a lot of fun. I think yeah. I've actually worn a white afro, too, um, but really? it was, it was for a photo shoot. So, it, and I was supposed to be a dandelion. Okay. So, okay. cool. That's, that's interesting. I didn't know we had that in common. so abigail what made you want to start dancing well honestly so i come from a very artsy family my mother's a pianist my dad is an actor my brother is a musician my sister was an opera singer like uh, my everyone just does art and so my older sister was taking dance at the time and i just wanted to try it you know you kind of always follow in your siblings footsteps for a while until you find your footing and that's kind of what I did I started taking dance class because my sister Katie was dancing and shortly after I started she quit because she didn't like it and I was like you're crazy I love this (laughs) and so I just kept dancing oh yeah yeah that's that's really about it so you were in Pennsylvania at the time you grew up in Pennsylvania I did yeah Erie Pennsylvania oh So when, was there like a moment that you knew you wanted to be a professional dancer? Honestly, like it sounds crazy, but as soon as I started dancing, I started dancing when I was pretty young, like five or six around that age. I just always kind of knew, yeah, this, this is it, you know, like kind of through high school years when it was kind of crunch time deciding what you wanted to do. There were ideas that I toyed with, but I always knew, like, this is for me. You know, I kind of always felt called to it, to be honest. Oh, that's really encouraging. That's cool. Uh, I didn't know that um, God was calling me to be professional until I was 16. So that's really cool that you've just had that really clear focus on your life since the beginning. So did you, um, how did you train in order to realize that goal? I think um, really honing into what my teacher's advice was, I think was really critical for me. Um, I was so fortunate to have teachers who just really knew the field. I mean, some of my teachers um, danced with Pittsburgh Ballet or they danced in Norway, Boston Ballet, Martha Graham. And so they really knew all aspects of the field. And so trying to be mentored by them as much as possible um, was really critical to how I kind of went about things. And definitely summer programs, Mm, you know, I love summer programs um, of all kinds, you know, even just two week ones, I could get away and get different insight and stuff like that. So yeah, those couple of things, I think. 
Yeah, that's that's really great. Just to really maximize where you are and not, you know, be like, oh, she's getting a better training because she's at a bigger school or whatever. You know, that's great to like be like, what can I learn from the people that are here right now in front of me? Absolutely. I would totally just like keep keep talking about that because I think that's so important, especially with this generation where everything is on social media and all it's it's always about, you know, how many likes do you have? How important is this picture? How important is this school? But in reality, like you just said, what are you taking and what are you getting from exactly where God has placed you? Yeah. And that sometimes can be really lost just with our, just our current world, you know? Yeah, I love that. So kind of on the same subject, how have you seen dance and faith intersect? So did you, did your family um, always see art as a way to connect with God and glorify him? Or was there kind of a realization that you came to with dance and, um, and Jesus? Um, I will say that I was so blessed to grow up in an environment where my family nurtured the arts and faith and church. I mean, I had actually one of my instructors in my school went to my church growing up. And so I was able to dance in church from, from the get-go. And also with my dad being um, an actor, he wrote a lot of local musicals and plays so he always incorporated me and a lot of his plays and musicals were faith-based and so i was always taught to be putting those two things together and it was not just about being in the studio or being in a theater but dancing wherever god had called you to whether it's a, a church or a nursing home or wherever that may be. So I honestly feel very blessed that that was nurtured in my family from such a young age. Yeah, that's really cool. And no matter, I like how you said no matter what stage you're on, whether it be, you know, in the nursing home or on a big, huge proscenium stage. Um, I love that, that God has put you there. And you're also something that I've learned too is like you're not a dancer because of the contract that you have or the, the roles that you have or the stages that you're dancing on but you're, you're a dancer because God called you to be and that's just really evident in your life yeah I mean absolutely I agree with you on that 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 is exactly what makes you who you are it's not about where you're dancing or what roles you're dancing like you were saying absolutely I agree Okay, so you were in Erie, Pennsylvania, but now you're in Madison, Wisconsin, directing a company, Magnum Opus, which you founded. How did you get from Pennsylvania to Wisconsin? Well, it's quite the whirlwind, <laughs> but you know, God always has has a path. Sometimes you veer from the path, but you get back on. Um, and I will say that you know, I definitely have had my ups and downs and I was definitely far away from the Lord for quite a while um, but God always has his way of getting you to his plan um, so I grew up in Pennsylvania um, and then I was dancing in Florida and Sarasota for quite a while um, and I was kind of in a pretty dark place in my faith um, and just my life in general, and I knew that I really needed to 
leave that environment specifically. Um, while I, I had a great career there, I just knew that I was really far away from the Lord and I had a realization um, actually really coming from my sister that I needed to turn my life around. Um, so I decided to leave that company and my director was incredibly great, uh, like gracious to me. He knew that I was having a hard time personally and was just so, so gracious as I was leaving. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. And I moved to Missouri to St. Louis actually. And it was such a God thing because when I moved to Missouri, and my sister and her husband at the her husband moved to Missouri in the exact same city at the exact same time for the exact same two years. Oh wow! And it was just totally a way that God was able to use her and her husband to help me revamp my life, get my life back on track, and it was such a huge blessing. Um, and from there. Um, the company that I was with there, I kind of knew that, um, it may not be going in the greatest direction financially. And I sensed that. Um, so I decided to look for other positions and that's how I originally came to Madison with a job here. Um, and then from there, after dancing, um, in Madison for a few years, I really, really felt God calling me out of, I guess you could say, quote, the secular dance world, mm-hmm. um, calling me towards a different dance uh, scene. I really felt that I was compromising my faith. I was starting to compromise who I was, who God had called me to be by how the current dance world was going. Um, and so that's how I kind of got to founding Magnum Opus. Cool, cool. So what was it like Um, just to start a company from scratch boy um (laughs) yeah I mean you know yes crazy (laughs) amount of work and stressful and all of that and you know what some people I've heard compare it to this um which I have always compared it to it's honestly like having a child (laughs) you know like there are sleepless nights and a lot of tears and crying and praying and seeking advice from other people who've done it and but at the end of the day I will say this at the end of the day even though I felt this was you know just so overwhelming I felt so at peace because I knew that I was finally at where God wanted me to be. Oh, that's Even a really though, beautiful place to be. It's such a beautiful place, right? And even though the stress and all of that was just, ah, sometimes, I just knew that, okay, God, I am finally on track to what you want. And that was just incredible. So, and I'm sure you probably have felt similar. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So tell us about that first season with Magnum Opus. Like, how did you get your dancers or where did they come from? How many were there? And then to now, you guys are three years old? Yes. Okay. Three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So honestly, and I mean, I hate to kind of say this because it sounds so like Christianese and, like, <laughs> uh, you know, cliche, but honestly, it was just so God um, because 
there were just connections after connections um, after posting some things on social media and talking um, to other people saying, oh, hey, I know this person who's looking for a job and vice versa. Um, you know, people coming to me who I used to dance with, who were looking for a place and it all came together so smoothly. And I just also knew that that was very evident that God wanted Magnum Opus to start. Um, so I had six, well, six dancers, including me, cause I danced with the company. Um, so we started off so small because it was six dancers um, and one staff. And I was staff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, it was so hard that first year having to play 25 different hats, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even now I still play about 10 hats, but I don't play as many. And so I'm right. so thankful for each little bit of growth every single year. So that first year was six. Um, and then now... Our third season, we had 10 dancers and three staff, which is just incredible. Yeah. Wow. So how many shows do you guys do a year? And are they all full-length shows, or do you tour a little bit? Yeah. So we do a few different things. We generally do a show in the fall. Then we have our Christmas production we do a show in the spring and then a show again at the end of the season so we generally have around four um it can be anywhere from a full-length show to more of a repertory show um we'll bring in guest choreographers I try to bring in guest choreographers every single year and at least two sometimes we've had more than that just to break up what the audience is seeing as well as Um, what the dancers are able to dance. Um, So we do anything from very um, classical, like our Christmas show is Handel's Messiah, very classical. Um, But then also we do things that are much more contemporary, like Steve Rooks. We've had him in, and we've also had Randall Flynn, and that also really helps us grow and also brings a different kind of audience. So we've also toured a little bit as well. That's how we met, which is fun. (laughs) Yeah. And we have toured kind of down the Midwest and quite a bit in Wisconsin. We have um, started to tour as well. Cool. So you guys actually sadly ended up having to cancel the rest of your season because of the coronavirus. What, um, I mean, you can talk about what has been the worst thing, what has been the best thing, or how have you guys been adapting to the new normal that we have now? Yeah. Um, honestly, I would say the best thing has been the fact that social media and the internet have made it so easy to stay connected as a company. Yes. You know, I mean, that has been such a huge blessing that we've been still able to meet as a company over Zoom. And, you know, we've still done our weekly devotionals together. The trainees have still met with their trainee director and trained. And that's been incredible that we have that privilege in this day and age. Um, so that's been really great. Um, a hard thing is is that we just haven't been able to be 
you know, physically together, you know, just like everyone else, it's been really, really difficult that we are working so hard. We were two weeks away from a premiere with a new show with um, Gigi's Playhouse, which is a National Down Syndrome Achievement Center. And we were two weeks away from that show. And that was uh, kind of the hardest part because that was um, actually going to be our biggest production that Magnum Opus has ever done. And that's, that's been the most difficult part, you yeah. know, that we were so close to putting that on. But It will happen eventually, and it will happen at the right time. <laughs> it, it, it will. It absolutely will. And, you know, being able to do this production, it was called Seeds, um, with all of our Down syndrome participants was such a beautiful thing and everyone was looking forward to it and I know that it is still impacting them you know um, we're still able to have our adapted dance classes online right now which is awesome so it'll still happen like you said sometime in our fourth season and we're, we're looking forward to it. It's all in God's timing. So. Yes. So tell us a little bit more about your adaptive dance program. Yeah. So I feel like our adaptive dance program is one of our biggest ways that we reach um, to the community. Um, it started during our second season. And it started with um, just uh, classes and during our third season this past year we added classes plus a performance aspect so they all would be performing with us on stage downtown costumes and all of that stuff and they i mean it just ate it up you know and it has been incredible to watch some of the participants that you know the first year and the first few classes some people would hide some people would not get out of their chair some people would only stand there and then to the point you know the second year or the next few classes seeing people start to move start to interact start to see them be lighter on their feet start to see their rhythm you know improve and just really knowing that dance is so much more than just ourselves yes i think as as ballerinas it's so hard because we stand in front of this giant mirror for eight hours a day and it just so easily can become about ourselves and this program was just such a reminder that no dance is so much more than um a tutu and a tiara and it is about changing lives it really is um so that's that's just one thing about our adaptive dance program that i really love yeah yeah seen some great outcome it's cool because dance is just another form of communication and i think so dance has a way of opening up or helping us learn so much about our own identity and um, that's just really beautiful to see that available to everyone Absolutely. And I love what you said that dance is just another form of communication because it truly is. You know, people who know me know I am not great with words. I am <laughs> not a speech speech maker. I do not like, you know, doing that sort of stuff. And when but when I dance, it is like there are things that I cannot express through my words that I feel so confident that I can express through my movement. You know, and it has nothing to do with 
being technical because I'm not like this super technical dancer, but I know that like God has put these things inside of me, thoughts and feelings and ideas that need to be expressed and only can be done through movement. And I think it's so cool that you said that it is. It's just another form of communication. Yeah. What would you want to communicate to yourself as a student that you know now? Well, one thing I think was very hard to learn. And um, sadly, I think it's um, a part of maybe, maybe not every part of the dance world and maybe a little bit more part of um, not necessarily the Christian dance world all the time, but um, politics. Yeah. Realizing that as a kid, you think if I work hard and I do the right thing, I will become this, this, and this. And realizing, unfortunately, that sometimes life is just not fair. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just need to realize that God is in control and you are not in control. And sometimes that there are things that happen that you will feel you will feel shattered. And sometimes it's because of politics, unfortunately, in the dance world. Um, you know, I know this sounds a little bit crazy, but <laughs> I had a director one time and he didn't like a certain color and he was very superstitious about it. And so people knew, Hey, that person's going to come to audition and that person's going to be in that color leotard. Yeah. They don't have a chance. <gasps> and it was silly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but things like that, it was like, Oh, some of that is really real. And just realizing as a kid, you know what, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to trust the Lord, but some things are just not going to be fair and that's okay. You know? Yeah. And I think it's so comforting as Jesus followers that God had our our life planned out before we were born. And none of it is a surprise to him. Even if we feel like we were working hard towards a certain thing because we thought that's what we wanted, he knows what we really want. And that's just a really um, huge, been a huge comfort in my career as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing I wish that I knew as a student um, was that dancers of faith are just, they're equal to people who are in a company that have 200 people and are a national company. Yeah. Because I think so many times right now, dancers who are Christians or dancers who are with a startup company or dancers who are with, you know, a company of only 15 or 20 people think, oh man, I'm just not as good because I'm not with a company that large or doing rep that's national or things like that. And being, you know, since I've danced with larger companies and smaller companies and founded a company, I've really come to realize, no, no, we are, we are valued as dancers, even though we are working with companies that may look a little bit different. And I think that really Christian dancers need to remember that. Yeah. I think that also that's a good point. Sometimes as Jesus followers, we tend to shrink back and say, oh, well, I'm never going to be that for whatever reason. But, you know, there's God's called us to be dancers and we need to step into that very confidently. Absolutely. Yes. 
So just to wrap up, um, how can we keep up with Magnum Opus in the future? And um, is there any way we can get involved? Or do you have auditions or that kind of thing? Yeah, we did. We um, we had live auditions for our training program and um, invitation um, for class audition for company members. And so that is a great way to get connected, you know, coming to one of our auditions or following us on social media is probably like the number one thing. Um, we're pretty active with our story updates and all of that sort of stuff and trying to let the community know what's going on as much as possible um, through our social media. Cool. Yeah, we, you will be seeing more collaborations between Bluebird and Magnum Opus in the future, so I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. And honestly, I think that's one of the really cool things that companies are going to learn from this pandemic, you know, that we yeah. can hey, we can help each other, you know, we don't have to be stuck in our own company bubble, and I love that companies have come together and said, hey, how can we help you? Like, you coming to me and saying, hey, I want to help you. And I think that is just such a beautiful thing. And I just really want to thank you for that. Oh, I yeah. Hope. It's yeah, our pleasure. I, I mean, companies that, are doing that, so. it's, that's what we're supposed to do. I feel like the dance world sometimes can get very segmented. And um, we don't need to be that way at all. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Abigail. We enjoyed having you on. And um, you guys keep looking for some collaborations between us. I hope that you enjoyed our conversation today with Abigail Henninger. Be sure to get some merch and you can support two ballet companies at once. Be sure to check out the Magnum Opus website and follow them on social media at Magnum Opus Ballet. Or maybe this is just the beginning for you. Maybe you will end up dancing for Magnum Opus one day. I really pray that that happens. Guys, keep enduring, keep persevering, um, keep doing those classes at home, all your TheraBand exercises and physical therapy. But also, don't forget to rest. Um, I just pray that you dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. This is a weird time, but we'll be back in the studio soon. In the meantime, know that you are prayed for. Know that you were put on this planet for a very specific purpose that only you can accomplish. And if you have any questions, any specific prayer requests, feel free to send me a DM or... In the meantime, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bluebird Uncaged podcast. For more information about Bluebird Uncaged, including tickets for our upcoming performances, joining our online community, or how you can get involved in future Bluebird projects, visit our website at bluebirduncaged.com.